And all the brothers and sisters said, Amen. I, mean, I love that you think we're going to punch him in the mouth. Fingers crossed, right? <laughs> and I ain't butt chugging anything. We got to some content here. In the Venn diagram of fucked up, I'm not sure where that fits, but I'm pretty sure I hit the nail right on the head there. Works well under close Nick Saban adult supervision. Randy I mean, Sanders has the team dialed in. <laughs> they are ready to go. <laughs> How many bananas do you want out of me? I don't know. I kind of want to give Vanderbilt some love here. I, 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 lo I love those head games at the two. The you got to weigh it's, all it's, your it's options. So much fun. Nobody I wants to go Lane Kiffin here? I might go Lane Kiffin here. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is another week of SEC football, and uh, uh, the three horsemen are here locally. Unfortunately, Mac is not able to be here in person, but I've got Grinch and I've got Haas. We are all actually sitting in the same room. Gentlemen, how's everybody doing? Good, man. Good. Right? Good, man. Good. Unfortunately, Mac has. I'm, I'm sad. He had to cut his trip short, so he is actually back in North Carolina. He is not here in Atlanta with us, but he was here for the weekend, so it was it was still a uh, happy days. Okay. And we were able to sit down and what, nearly twelve hours of football yesterday uh, that we watched. That's what it felt like. We did some games were good. good, some games were not good. Uh, it was an up and down kind of day. Mac doesn't like roller coasters, and he experienced one yesterday, but that's okay. Mac, we're glad you could join us even from afar. We appreciate you being here, brother. No, no, miss you guys uh, dearly already. I uh, had a great time this weekend. Enjoyed uh, watching all of the football yesterday, and um, excited to dig into some of these games today. Mm -hmm. All right, I don't, I don't know if excited's the word, but <laughs> uh, right, this might be the hottest hot takes we've ever taken. Right, it is probably yeah. Well, you know what? Let's not waste any time. Let's go ahead and jump into the week that was. Week 11 of SEC football, we had seven games, all of them SEC matchups. Um, I guess we just start right out of the gate here. Georgia Ole Miss, number, well, what, effectively number two, two. takes on number nine um, in the polls. And this was not much of a game, surprisingly enough. Georgia has done what Georgia does. They come out of the gate. They don't start slow, but they're – what would you call it? Cautious? They're, they play with their food. They do. They're like a cat that slaps a mouse around. <laughs> they they basically feel out their opponent for the first drive or two. And we talked about this yesterday. The interesting part is in the last, what, six games? Out of the last six or seven games, Georgia's been scored on first. You know, four times. And it is, I guess, something they're just – like you said, they play with their food. Let's see what they're going to do and decide how we're going to handle it. And then if they get to a point where they just stomp on the accelerator and leave their opponent in the rearview mirror, which is what they did yesterday in a 52-17 beating of Ole Miss. If that's not putting a fucking stamp on we should be number one, I don't know what else it is. What else says that? Because currently the CFP has them ranked two. Ohio State in first place, which I still think is bullshit. But yesterday when you beat a top 10 team that handily, you're saying we belong in the top spot. Would we agree? Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I, like I said, you don't get to be the man unless you beat the man. Ohio State has not played Georgia, and I don't think they had any business being in the top spot, and yet there they were. And now Georgia, I think in my, my opinion, said we're the only team that deserves to be there, so good on them. Kirby Smart. <laughs> Kirby Smart's got them dialed in. Yeah, I mean, 52-17, over 600 yards in offense – 311 in the air, 300 on the ground. I mean, 300 on the ground. Like, Ole Miss just – they just had no answers once the adjustments were made. Man. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we, we I think everybody expected Georgia to win this game, right? I mean, I don't think that was ever in question. No. Um, I think the, the, the surprising thing was how they just put their foot on Ole Miss's throat and just stepped right on them and squashed them. I mean, it was, you, you know – you, you read off the numbers there, Grinch, and it was just an amazing performance by what should be the number one team in the country. I don't think anybody here is a fan of Lane Kiffin. And I no. don't think it couldn't have happened to a more deserving individual as a head coach. I think you, you have been elevated above your pay grade. You shouldn't be a head coach. And yet you managed to find head coaching jobs all over the country from the east to the west. And this is, I, I'm not sure how they were eight and one, but. I mean, there they were, parked in the ninth spot until Georgia said, I don't think so. 
I'd be curious to see how far they fall. When do those rankings come out? Tomorrow? AP is out. <clears throat> um, I'd like to know where they're at. Yeah. No, no, I meant where did Ole Miss fall to? Yeah. Uh, shit, of course, I just lost it. But um, I'll have to find it. But, yeah, the, uh, you know, Mizzou – I think is in like the 12 spot, something like that. So they sent a clear message, which I know we'll get to that game to move up. But um, yeah, just statement game. Mm. Um, you know, if ever there was one this season, there was really no adjustments. You know, Brock Bowers is back. Yes. And got a touchdown. And uh, got a touchdown. And, you know, the stadium was just lit. They were so stoked when they heard that Brock was back in. And uh, as uh, Carson Beck said, I have got all my toys back. Yeah. Brock didn't play a, a stellar game, but what Brock brought to the table was he forced the defense to account for him, which teams have not had to do as of late. And that opened the door for a number of other players that, you're, you know, you're double teaming the best player in college football. That opens up the door for a lot of other options with your players on the field. So, you know, Georgia's going to be a force to be reckoned with for the foreseeable future. I don't envy the other teams in the SEC that are going to have to face them because we're all just going to be a whipping post. But th that's how dynasties work. Yeah. Just just to follow up, uh, Ole Miss fell to 13. That's what Haas just said. Okay. okay. Yeah, three spots. Um, so I, I think they should have fallen farther with that fucking stomping. But, you know, clearly I'm, I'm not paid. They didn't ask my opinion. So here we are. All right. Well, there you go. One game down. Let's move on to Alabama-Kentucky. I think this was another statement game. Alabama clearly, you know, demonstrated Kentucky is not the team Kentucky thought they were. When the season started, there were high hopes. And they have just run into one buzzsaw after another. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the, blue, the, the, the big blue wall has not been a thing this season. No. And we've all said in the past, you know, we're – I don't dislike Kentucky. I want to root for them. I want to root for Stoops. So he says dumb shit. I thought it was weak that he talked about buying players and all that. But, uh, you know, the SEC and college football writ large had its chance to knock Alabama maybe off schedule for this season. And it just didn't happen. Save the double-digit win by Texas at home in T-Town, which doesn't happen often. But as we've talked about in previous seasons where Alabama took a loss early, what did they do? They, they went on to win the damn national championship. Right. So, I mean, if you're going to take a loss, earlier is better than later. And this is one of those things where every time you think Alabama's down, uh, they, they just seem to right the ship and, and come back and prove everybody wrong. Hundred percent. Um, you know, we talk about dynasties. I mean, you know, clearly Georgia's got the uh, the upper hand right now, but we'll find out in December when they play each other for the SEC title. Well, and I was just about to say that Alabama's win locked up the West. Georgia. Georgia's win combined with Tennessee's loss locked up the East. So we already know who's playing December fourth. Yes, and so there you go. It, and we already have it on the schedule here. I've already put it in. Georgia will be facing Alabama in the SEC championship. And when we get there, obviously we make our pick. So be thinking about that. Be watching the next few games because you know who's going to be in that game. And so you're going to want to make your you know your final determination because obviously by the time we get there, your picks for moving up the leaderboard are going to be slim to none. So you're going to want to make sure you've done your due diligence. All right, let's move on to one of the other earlier games yesterday. This was South Carolina Vanderbilt. Uh, South Carolina, they come away with a win. Haas, I talk shit, but at the end of the day, 47-6 is no small feat with an SEC team. And people will go, me included, it was Vanderbilt. But nonetheless, you got the win. You're one step closer to bowl eligibility, which I said you weren't going to get. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I perhaps you were going to be eating crow. I don't think so well, because you have to win out the season. Yeah, but at least my team still has a shot. Well, and we all have a shot. Yeah. Though, yeah. Okay. Whether or not we make it is a whole other story. Just saying, it's, it's interesting. I feel like a wager should be made on who's making bowl. Who, who who changes their tune so quickly? You know. I didn't change my tune. I still think Florida has a good chance of being bowl eligible. Oh. We'll, we'll 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 talk about that in a little bit. We'll talk about that in a minute. Right now we're this, focused this was, on South Carolina. Yeah, yeah, this was. I mean, I think what everybody expected, but this this was a really good performance by South Carolina in 
really bad conditions uh, at Williams Bryce. I mean, it was you know cold, rainy, um, but they they put up forty seven points. And yeah, okay, that's fine. You say yeah, it's Vanderbilt, but it's still an SEC opponent, you know. So you you got to show up and play the game, and they did that, um, and they looked pretty good in the process. Yeah, I was pleased with the offensive line play um, and, and how some of the playmakers seemed to to be playing well. Uh, unfortunately, we lost, um, I think it's Juju Atwell, uh, one of our running backs. So we only have two running backs to get us through the rest of the season. Uh, he, he went out yesterday with a broken collarbone. But aside from that, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think when we talk about this, I think Spencer Rattler has a tendency to overthrow, especially when he gets excited. He's not as, as accurate as I would like, but – Again, a win's a win, and it was—I think it was not—I would say a statement win, but it was the kind of win you would expect over Vanderbilt, right? And so, it's fifteen straight, according yeah, to, to this. To see that, it, it's important, you know. And and was also important to note is our final two games are at home against Kentucky and Clemson. So, um, I don't know. Let's, let's see how we do next week against Kentucky, and and you worry about Clemson when you get there. Yeah, exactly right. So, yeah, like you said, Mac, I was I was happy with the outcome given the circumstances. So there you go. South Carolina gets the win over Vanderbilt. One step closer to bowl eligibility, maybe. I mean, this is something we've talked about most of this season. Where Beamer is, where they're going to be at the end of the year, is he the guy? There's a lot of value in keeping him, especially with the shift that's going to occur in the conference next season. Oh. And I believe you said you don't play Florida, you don't play Georgia. Oh. That changes your dynamic considerably. Oh. So, yeah, I, I still think you give Beamer the shot. I simply asked the question as a fan, do you think – are you still sold on them? And you you still are. So I am. Yep. There you go. Okay. Well, um, let's go ahead and get uh, Texas A&M, Mississippi State out of the way. Texas A&M, 51 over Mississippi State, 51-10. If you haven't heard, goodbye. the word on the street is they are going to part ways with Jimbo Fisher. This is, is this confirmed or is this simply? I have not seen it confirmed just yet. I don't know, Rich, if you've seen it. Fisher fired by a There we go. There you go. And the interesting, the interesting thing was, and we talked about this at breakfast this morning, right? Apparently this was started by the board of trustees on Thursday. Um, So this, this has kind of been in the works now for, you know, a couple days. This didn't come out of, you know, the 51-10 win over Mississippi State did nothing to help him, clearly. And that's the thing is this I, – I think this is something that's been brewing for a while. You you got a guy that's just mired in mediocrity. They're paying him a shit ton of money. And what's he <laughs> the, done in the time he's been there? Next to nothing. Yeah, the irony being they're going to pay him a shit ton of money to go away too. That's true. And uh, he will probably land somewhere and continue to get paid. Now, whether or not oh, yeah. it's a coordinator or a head coach. Should, uh, should you guys open your arms and welcome him in Florida? Absolutely not. Absolutely can can not. you reach over and punch him for me? I absolutely can, sir. Thank you, sir. Who is expected <laughs> to cost the school more than $76 million to buy out Fisher's deal, which is nearly triple the highest known coaching contract buyout at a public school? Which we're pretty sure has probably happened at Florida. According to the that. terms of the contract, Texas A&M will owe Fisher $19.2 million within 60 days and then pay him seven point two annually through 2031. Wow. So I think the uh, another key takeaway from this is th- there is just stupid money in college football and these programs yeah. that they are able to pay, uh, pay a $76 million buyout to have somebody not coach them and then go find somebody else and probably hopefully not do the same mistake again, but give them, you know, how, a couple million dollars. All right. How many scholarships could be given away to on people? 76 million? Right, exactly. Yeah. That kind of money is just, uh, it just, these are learning institutions, first and the, foremost. The, the problem is none of them seem to learn their lesson. You know, I, I would like to say that this will be the thing that, you know, People will look at it and go, you know, and we've talked about this. Maybe we shouldn't give them guaranteed money. We'll give them, you know, a small percentage guaranteed. Everything else is incentive-based. But we know that's not going to happen. Well, here's the funny thing. It's believed that part of the reason he got the offer he got was because he might go to LSU. That was it. Yeah, because this was his second contract, right? This was not the original contract. Right. LSU, in in the midst of – you know, of all this, ended up securing Brian Kelly. 
Fisher was 45 and 25 when they did in that. six seasons at AM. Six seasons. Just not a stellar record. I mean, he, it's not a bad he, record. He, he, he contract or now? No, he, that, he he will complete his time at AM 45 and 25. Okay. And no real statement win in that mm-hmm. resume. Other than the beat Alabama or whatever that's right. Was. Well, to answer your question, Haas, at $76 million, let's say the average scholarship is $100,000. Obviously, that's nearly 1,000 scholarships they could use that money towards. That's 1,000 plus lives changed. Mm-hmm. On the backs of one man yeah. who has done nothing. And it doesn't yeah, make yeah. you wonder, could there be a writer in the contract that says if the contract's bought out due to performance or ethical, ethical concerns? A certain percentage of the buyout goes into a trust for future students. Students, of course. Yeah. Now you're going to have they, to have, but a they coach. won't. Right, a coach's agent would have to agree to that, and they're not going to. No, because they, they know they have these institutions by the gonads. Mm-hmm. It's fucking ridiculous. But at the end of the day, Texas A&M still gets a fairly substantial win. Now, again, it's Mississippi State. They're obviously in a down year. At 5110, though, like you said, it didn't save his job because these proceedings started pre-game. Like they yeah, were Thursday, making I believe, their moves. Said, yeah. So clearly the institution said, We don't care how you do this weekend, it won't save your job. And so there they go. They have fired him. We got two weeks left in the season. Um, what what's their record? Are they bowl eligible? I think they are. They were five and four. Yeah. I think they were five and four before that game. And they should win their next game because their next Yeah, game- they got Abilene Christian. Abilene so Christian. They they will go to a bowl probably. Yeah, they'll go to a bowl game. They'll be doing it with an interim coach because I doubt the coaching search is going to find somebody that quick. Grinch- yeah, they won't be able to get Deion Sanders there that quick. So <laughs> well, and Grinch, you've made the points all season. If you fire a coach, who do you get? Who's who's the- on the yeah? Who's yeah. the next next big guy? Even at a at a smaller school right now, there is no name that just jumps out. It says, oh, let's go chase this guy. Right. Is anybody anybody else interested to see what kind of moves happen on their, you know, from the players that are currently on the roster? Like, I mean, they're they're loaded when five star fighting. How many (laughs) of those are going to swing to Georgia? Mm. Ohio State, Michigan. Like, I mean, yeah. Now with this uncertainty, come to Butthead. Does this move not (laughs) hurt you financially, but decimate your program? Where you now have to start completely over from scratch. Well, and again, it, it sets you back for sure. You're talking about the mentality of effectively teenagers, yeah. 18, 19, 20 year olds. Would they be smart enough to go, let's wait and see who they get? Let's see how I fit into that scheme. Here's or a funny question. Who's the interim head coach? I don't know. Who's their coordinators? I don't even know. Bobby Petrino. I mean, <laughs> and then you're going to have people go, do we keep him? Yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day i'm fine with jimbo going i think he was overpaid i think he's he's effectively gotten one national championship at florida state in a aberrant year because florida state after that struggled mightily and so they're finally turning their program around around under norvell but jimbo went to texas a&m and did fuck all so they, I, I think yeah they need to reassess how they deal with coaching contracts and it needs to be as we've talked about, performance-based. You don't hand a guy $100 million when he's done nothing. Yeah. I don't I don't know. What other job does that? Of course, you know, one of the quotes in here, and who knows if it's planted or otherwise, is like, Oregon's Dan Lanning and Washington's Kalen DeBoer might be targets for the Aggies. Quote, they're going to go big, a source says. Well, no fucking big? But, <laughs> well, I mean... <clears throat> Again, that's a, a Dan Lanning. That's a Georgia thing, right? Before he's well, getting Oregon. But he's in Oregon. He's in the mix. Like, why? Why would you give Why that would up? you leave? What's yeah. Right. A money. Uh, it would have to be money-based. They'd have, I mean, of Texas. But how do you spend $76 million to offload a guy and turn around and spend a ton of money to get a guy? Or gal. I won't make that assumption that it'll be a guy. But I don't know. But you know what? That's their problem. It's not my problem. I'm a Florida fan, and we got oh. our own problem. Oh, it's your problem. That's just not the same coach. <laughs> yeah. Florida. Yes. So, so let's talk about Florida. No, let's not. So Florida goes into the Death Valley. I don't give a fuck what Clemson says. You don't steal a rock from a national park and think you can call your stadium Death Valley. Oh, by the way, you broke the law by doing that. 
because you can't remove anything from Death Valley, but you did it. Um, so Florida goes into Death Valley under the lights against LSU, who has been a fucking juggernaut on offense. They lose Jaden Daniels for what less than a week and concussion protocol. So the question was, what was he going to come back and be like? And I think we, I think uh, he answered that question. Yeah, pretty pretty handily. Goddamn Superman is what it was. Yeah. Jesus. On his back, he rushed for more than 200 yards. He threw for more than 300 yards. And what was it? Nearly 700 yards of total offense by LSU. The most ever put up on Florida in school ever. history. <laughs> ever, ever, ever. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to go back to what I said weeks ago. I'm sorry, but Jonah Hill or whatever his name is, the defensive coordinator, he is not the answer at Florida because Florida's defense, they were – a fucking bismal is well they look like they were running in slow motion they look like they were running through quicksand there was no umph there was no attack there was no kill and it's frustrating when you then you watch a program like georgia and you know there are 11 guys on the field and 14 of them are hitting the guy with the ball and florida doesn't have that yeah i mean we were obviously had the the benefit I'll call it, but uh, being able to bounce back and forth, back and forth right. during that time. And then, you know, as we, as we discussed, I mean, the game was, you know, it was possible for Florida to win a few times, a few times, despite the gaudy statistics. And then Jalen just kept coming back. You know what? That, that fourth quarter <laughs> That Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. Like, that, yeah. that one possession where they were down by two two possessions. Right. They had the ball. There was over 10 minutes left. No, they were at eight minutes. Okay, but it, and then they took like what two and a half minutes just in between plays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a minute and like 36 seconds to go one yard. They there the was three consecutive run plays. Yeah. Up the right hand side. No sense of urgency. They're not using timeouts effectively. It's like, what? I mean, you had all three timeouts. What are you doing? I mean, well, had almost nine minutes more time of possession, but four for 13 on third down efficiency. Right. Total yards, 488. That's That's good. That's not bad until you go. Well, LSU had seven hundred and fucking one. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's why the score is fifty-two to thirty-five. Right. No. I mean, still, to have that kind of discrepancy in yardage and still be in a game at the end like it's that, unheard of. I mean, it's unreal. Right. Because I think at one point they had like right at six hundred yards or just under six hundred yards, and it was a three-point game. And you're going, how is Florida still in this fucking game? It's a very bizarre situation. Yeah, I mean, were, eh, I mean, six for 50 for Florida, eight for 63 for LSU. Right. Turnovers were, it's a wash, one and one. Okay, but I, I do want to say a couple of things about the one catch by Jackson. That was a fucking catch where he laid out and then they called it back. And all of us in the room were like, what the fuck? Yeah, not the only yeah. play today we that saw. Was just we were like, fucking what the wacky. Fuck? Like, by, hey, FSU. That was a fucking safety. safety. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> a fucking safety. It wasn't just – look, and and we had a, another individual here with us yesterday watching the football games who's a good friend that we've known for 30 years. And we get the human error factor. But when you are using instant replay, how do you make the mistakes over and over again from a replay standpoint when they're reviewing these things? And you're watching it, and you're like, oh, well, that is this or that. And then they return the, the – the ruling, and you're going, how the fuck did they come up with that? They're seeing all the same camera angles we are. And again, what we talked about was those types of things should not affect the outcome of a game. You should be playing at a level where no matter what the refs are doing, it shouldn't affect. You shouldn't be able to use that as your scapegoat, going, oh, the refs made this call or that call. No, you just put up 50 fucking points, and it doesn't matter what the refs are doing. But yes, that aspect was frustrating from a an officiating standpoint. Would we agree? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. You should never be in a situation where the refs can dictate whether you win or lose. Unfortunately, that happens. Yes. But there's even more to, to kind of you, you have to play through it. Yeah. I mean, you know, these these things happen and you have to continue to play the game no matter what the officiating uh looks like. Right. Um, Thor, you've asked me a question several times during the course of this year, and I think it's been an open ended question. Uh-huh. Um, and you feel free to go ahead and ask me again. I know. That you try to be a pragmatist and you try to be level-headed about these things, especially when they hire a new coach. And so the conversation tends to be, is this, like I did with Haas, is this the guy? Napier's in our first year. 
He's making moves. Napier's in his second year. Well, here we are. We're 10 games into the second year. And you have always been, like I said, you've been a pragmatist and going, you got to give him a chance. So let me ask, is he still the guy? No. No. No, he is not the guy. And I will tell you why. Yeah. Because this is not the first time we have seen poor clock management. No. You know, and that is play calling. Or play calling. And that is not on the players. They have some issues on the field. There's no doubt about it. But that starts with the head coach, the offensive coordinator, who happens to be the same person in this case, and the defensive coordinator. And they are not getting the job done now. So let me ask you this. Who do you get? Well, not Jim Blow. I can only answer I can only answer one question at a time. Because you're right. That's that's the same problem with everybody, right? Is is who out there right now? Because you know, I don't think there's a big name that you can go target. So you're going to be going and looking for another, you know, kind of diamond in the rough that you think is going to be the next big person, right? Can I, can I frame the question a little bit differently to the two of you? Yeah, absolutely. At the end of the season, yep. when we start to know who's going to be available and who is, depending on who's there, why not? I, and I understand. I agree. Your defense coordinator's got to go, right? With that being said, and of course, maybe you shake up a few other the, the, uh, of the other positions in the coaching staff. Wouldn't it not maybe still be prudent to roll him out next year and see if you can't kind of course correct the situation depending on who's out there or not? Well, again, I'll answer first. If, Like Grinch just said, as a head coach, stop being a fucking offensive play caller. Have a coordinator. Let them make the call. You simply do the high-level evergreen thinking of the team, making sure the culture is established, making sure the mentality is established, but you let an offensive coordinator do the job. Yeah, I get it, because here's the point. Grinch is bringing up kind of where I was headed with my, my line of thinking is from a recruiting standpoint, dude's getting the job done. Right. So are we? is it possible that maybe you're being just a scoosh premature about whether or not he's the guy? Well, that's what I'm saying. If, if they are willing to let – it's uh, I think it's Austin something. I, I, I can't remember the off. I call him Jonah Hill, the offensive coordinator, yeah. <clears throat> or defensive coordinator. If they let him go and they bring in somebody, I think you've got a better option of bringing in an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator than you do a head coach that's going to get you there. I agree. Well, and you need to bring in an offensive coordinator as well. And and, yes. and you're right, Hoss. Right, this is probably a knee jerk reaction Too to the you know the shit show that was yesterday and or some of the rest of the season. Which I um, understand, by the way, and, and don't blame you one iota for. No, I know you get it. Believe me. <laughs> um, watching the watching the way that deteriorated and watching the way that it was mishandled this far into a season, it's just unacceptable. Well, he clearly is going to have to. Somebody is going to have to force him to give up the offensive play calling because he. It was poor time management. It was poor play calling. And he, he, he either doesn't have the mind for it and or can't handle both duties. Right. I mean, for <laughs> I've never seen Grinch that pissed off on your behalf or for, for Florida. I know. And we, we respect him for that. Um, <clears throat> so, again, it's the work ethic mentality, uh, whatever culture he's instilling, the work ethic side of it, the killer mentality, you know, the go out and knock a dude out of his cleats. Help him up and tell him you're going to be right back there next play. Like that does not exist right now in Florida. But that's and that's where I come back to. That's the head coach. It is, and they're missing that, and so the buck stops at him. I, I just, but, but you're right. I don't know who you go find. So maybe you have to ride him out another year or two and see if it, if he can change. But there has to be some shakeup. Well, I said no. Staff. If, if they said, "Hey, Jimbo." Would you no. Okay. No, I said no yeah. as well. Yeah. I, I I mean, to me, any head coach candidate at this point would be talk to me about your vision. Who, what coordinators are you thinking about? Who right. do you think you can bring in? Right. What's going to be the, the identity of the team? Because, I mean, it seems like in this day and age, I can't believe we have to continue to point out you cannot be the head coach and be elite if you're also a coordinator. Right. Yeah. It doesn't fucking work. And I don't know if Lincoln Riley is the OC at USC. I think he might be. That's a lot of rhyming. <laughs> but they're not even in the fucking top 25, and they lost again. Right. And then you look at a Jimbo who, like, they had to yank the shit out of his hands, and he did 
I mean, look, Georgia saw a version of this, which was when Mark Rick was the offensive coordinator and there was no special teams coordinator. Mark Rick did all the same shit. So it's not like I, I can't empathize with the, you see what's wrong and it's like, well, what's wrong? You just gestured to all of me, right? You know? <laughs> yes. yes, yes. This just don't be you. All your instincts are wrong. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, quick second. So, the other the other thing that occurred to me was one of the problems you're going to face if you get rid of Napier is the A and M jobs now open. So that's that's a coveted job, right? So now you're going to be competing against A and M to try and get right. a head coach and other staff members, right. which. Yeah. One of the problems Carolina had when it got rid of Spurrier and it wanted Kirby Smart, well, that was the same year the Georgia job came open and Smart went to Georgia and we got stuck with fucking Muschamp. So you're saying if Georgia had waited one more year? We knew for a fact that Smart was considering the Carolina job until Georgia came and knocked it. And then it was a no fucking brainer for him, which I completely understand why. For a myriad of reasons, I get it. So that's kind of my other thing is just like, I don't know if, if Florida moving on right now makes logistical sense. You've got a good recruiting class. Um, maybe you just need to shake up the coaching staff a bit. I mean, look, see what falls from the tree. I guess it can't hurt to look at the end of the season, but if you're trying to compete against an A&M with everything they've got, I, I mean, that's a bit of an uphill against the grain battle that you have to fight. So let me ask you this, Matt. Okay, good. and then I've got a question for you. Go ahead. Okay, let me ask you this. I don't want him as a head coach. I think it would be a waste. But if they said, look, until we get this shit figured out, the old ball coach is your offense. Would you take the old ball coach as your offensive coordinator? So I'm going to flip that and say, would you take Dan Mullen as your offensive coordinator? Absolutely not. And why not? Because of the way he left Florida. He demonstrated in his time at Florida, I don't care about recruiting. That's not something I'm going to do. As don't need him to recruit. No, you need to be part of the conversation because, because he he clearly was an offensive bringing in are people he's going to be able to work with. Right, but he clearly could get the job done as an offensive coordinator his first go round. Yeah, but he had worked with Meyer out in fucking Utah. And right. No, it's not like it was an unknown commodity that he was bringing in. They had a and look at the end of the day. It's not going to happen. I'm just no, you know when, when you when you when you. Mentioned and, and no, I don't think Steve Spurrier would be the answer. I, I, I think as we talked about it the other day, I don't know that he could relate to the kids today, um, and be able to get them motivated. He proved in uh, South Carolina he couldn't, and that was the problem. Right, and but it's I, only gotten worse since and then. And I don't think he has the the intellectual or emotional inclination to do it at this point not on a daily basis right i mean he's in his mid to late 70s yeah yeah. i was just i was just spitballing i know now i'm gonna throw another name out there that we've talked about that might be available at the end of the season look at me mac look at me what about me says that i care (laughs) what do you think about me oh no that wasn't the one i was going with okay good uh because i don't think that would happen anyway I, i i would be surprised um Dabo Sweeney. He's not leaving fucking Clemson. He may not get a choice. I mean, I'm just saying, if he were available, how do you feel about that? If he loses those next two games, especially if he loses to South Carolina this year. That's what I'm saying. As a head coach or a coordinator? As a head coach. Hmm. Um, Fuck. I think that's an excellent question, actually. So, I, I don't I, I have did, yeah. Dabo hate. I don't have Dabo hate like some people here do. Well, I think some people don't necessarily have Dabo hate. They have Clemson hate. That's one hundred percent true. There you go. All right, so I, I'm going to use instead of the AP, I'm just going to use recruiting class rankings. Okay. All right. All right. So obviously Georgia is not going to make a change. Ohio State not making a change. Florida State, right. Mike Norvell. We get to Florida at four. We talked about that. Alabama. Wait, Florida. When you that's the, the number four recruiting Florida, class, right? Four than recruiting. Okay. Alabama not going to make a change. No. Oregon. Why would Dan Lanning ever leave right now? Because because it's a big name school. Though. It well, well, it's other, ego. The other issue is what is happening to the Pac-12 at large. Well, right? they, you know what I'm saying? But, but the Oregon's moving, right? They I are. mean, so it's not like they're they're the two teams left with nowhere to go like what is it washington state and somebody else yeah that nobody cares about <clears throat> oklahoma picked up venables they're not making a change no. notre dame not going to make a change 
Texas, Sarkeesian, not making a change. Get to number 10, AM. They're making a they change. They don't have a choice. LSU just picked up Brian Kelly recent history. Rated him 100 million. Mario Cristobal at Miami at 12, not making a change. Heupel at Tennessee, not making a change. Penn State. Brian that was going to be the one that I was going to ask you about. Yeah. Penn if he loses to Ohio well, State. Yeah. Yeah. Do they do they do you think because we kind of talked about that, right? Well, do you think they might make a change? No potential opening, right? It's all moves, counter moves, and right. what else is doing. Michigan, does Harbaugh go fuck this and fuck the NCAA? I don't want Harbaugh. I don't want Harbaugh based on <laughs> Michigan or what he's allowed to have right. in Michigan. Auburn just got Hugh Freeze. Clemson, we just talked about it. Lincoln Riley at USC. Is he gonna last? South Carolina at 19. Then you get to Ole Miss, Kentucky. Now, Texas Tech randomly. I don't even know who the head coach of Texas Tech is, if I'm being honest. I don't either. <laughs> Arkansas. Well, Sam Pittman. Sam, Sam Pittman could be on the outs. Another vacancy. Wisconsin? I have no fucking idea. Nah. But that's, I, I, I think that's the big point, well, right? Just, we have to wait and see who's available. Right. Gus Malzahn, UCF. Hmm. Mm, no, thank you. Hmm. I wasn't a fan of his at Auburn. Yeah. Again, he had one year. Yeah. Where he bought his national championship. Cam Newton. He had one year. What What happened after yeah. that? He was on the bus. I mean, right. Mac Brown, UNC. He ain't leaving. He's not leaving UNC. He's not going to start over. And then honestly, it just gets into like a Biff Pogey. Ooh, he'd be comfortable down in the swamp in his cutoff shirt. I mean, hey, 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 he would match the constituency. <laughs> right? Hey, drink wits. Okay. Okay. Wait okay. oh, hey, a minute. I know we're way off topic talking about You've got my interest now. Yeah, it's the end of the year. Let's be honest. We're all kind of pretty much locked into our lanes on wins. So, I mean, it makes sense at this point. This I right. would absolutely consider him. Yes. The problem is he's turning that program around. What's his likelihood of jumping ship in Columbia? You had the because it's Florida. Okay. It's a step up in both right. and pay. Yeah. And now you're doing away with divisions. Yep. This he might, already knows the East because you know, he's in the he, he's currently. And that's the, the other East. thing worth considering. This is a pivotal, pivotal year if you're making these kinds of moves. Oh, I actually because like the that. landscape. The landscape really is changing right before our very eyes. So you're right. That might, it might be a pivotal time to leverage and try and get something like that done. Hey, but hey, I don't. Thor. Yeah. Can you do me a favor tomorrow and stop by on your way home and see if you can talk to uh, it was just Jeremy Foley, right? And just put that bug in his ear as you ride through Gainesville. Hey, hey, I, I want to stop and talk to you for a minute. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a word. <laughs> Drink. Yeah. Weed. Again, I don't think Florida moves on from Napier for the. You know, I don't think they do either. Um, I hope they make some changes at the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator positions. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't. Again, as, as Grinch and Haas have said, right? I don't know that there's anybody out there that you go chase just yet. Now that could change. You know, come the end of the year, somebody gets laid off, and you know, and you got a big name out there, they may go after him. But as it stands right now. Off the list that Grinch just read, I don't see anybody worth chasing just yet. No, because again, you make that you make that statement. We know Texas A&M is looking for a coach, right? And right. it's and it's easier to find an OC or a defensive coordinator right. than it is a head coach. Well, well, and year over year, right? I mean, because like everybody was raving about Sonny Dykes at TCU. Well, I yeah. mean, his record is eighty four and sixty five. Right. Lance Leipold at Kansas, great story. How about Clark Lee? He's 45 and 50. Right. Dave Clawson at Wake Forest, 91 and 85. Uh, look, we can speculate all day, but obviously we have to wait until things happen. And uh, I agree with you. There's probably no one right now that you can get. I think you hold on to Napier. It's you. Well, Let's see I think you got to wait and see what happens. But yeah, I think initially they need to look at some interim changes before, even before the end of the season, potentially. No. Of uh, you know, letting some of these coordinators uh, go, go, yeah. A point again, just to kind of reiterate, it's only year two. Yes, it is. Look at look at what what happens when you give these guys 
four and five years. Let's see. And they start really good. Muschamp, five years, nothing. McWayne, three and a half years, nothing. Mullen. But this is poor coaching decisions. This is not something. I mean, this is just ineptitude when you can't manage the clock. That's, I mean, that's coaching 101 to me. Right. And, you know, to me, that doesn't necessarily change. It's like you gave up on the game with eight minutes. I don't want that coach. No, I don't either. He's going to fight and fucking claw. And And that might be why the players have no heart right now because they're not getting any heart from from the coaching staff. Maybe possible. So makes all that logic. That was a, a dialed-in eight on the logic scale. Well, know. look, at the end of the day, I don't want to spend an inordinate, inordinate amount of time on No, because it. it was a shit show. Uh, it was a Sorry, fucking shit show. It, it is, but but Florida's going to be facing Missouri next week in Columbia. And there's win. And there's an in, individual I'd like to talk about, and that's fucking Schrader with Missouri. There's a goddamn oh. running back. First He's pretty player, good, I think. First player in SEC history, history. to run for uh, over, over 200, 200 and receive over 100. 100. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, tennis on walk on walk, walk on, on player at Missouri, Tennessee. And not a scrub team that he was going against, as you mentioned, Tennessee. Oh, no. Sorry. He's running back this season to do what against Georgia? Yeah, rush for 100 yards. Yeah. Yeah. Tennessee goes into Columbia. They faced Missouri yesterday. And what we thought was going to be, I mean, it was number 13 versus number 14. Thought this was going to be a close game in Missouri. I mean, this was a statement win for them at 36-7. I mean, yeah. they effectively shut down Joe Milton and the and the fucking Tennessee offense, and then their own offense just ran roughshod over Tennessee's defense. Well, and, and you know, Tennessee put over 60 on the last two seasons. Yeah. And as Drinkwitz said, we had some unfinished business because there were like less than two minutes left in the game last year, and they kept throwing the ball and going for points. And he's like, our defense kicked their ass. And he's right. Absolutely. And they did. And, and, and you know, so you're talking about a kid who is a walk-on, puts up a shit ton of offense by himself. Brady Cook's no slouch at quarterback for Missouri. What was that one series where he touched the ball seven plays in a row? And they were all – Seven all- runs. And they're no all, one could stop them. They're all positive games, good quality positive games. It's right. like, how can you not get – you've watched this kid all year gash every oh. defense he's gone up against. How is there no game plan whatsoever to stop this guy? And at that point, everybody in the stadium knew who was getting the ball. Uh-huh. It, I mean, it, it wasn't like, you know, ooh, maybe this will be a pass. We should drop back and cover. No, they're going to run it until you can stop them, and you couldn't stop them. And when he, and when, and when he wasn't running – they were throwing him the ball. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing I think I said last night, which is Mizzou is the team nobody wants to play. Right. Absolutely. You just do not want to play them because they have the potential to make you have a really bad day. Right. Mm. And, and who has to play him next week? Florida has to play him next week. Fuck. <laughs> uh, I mean, LSU. LSU got the win. I think Missouri was the better team, but LSU's offense is it's just on a different level. And then Georgia. And Georgia has been a buzzsaw for everybody. So those are the only two losses for Missouri. And those are respectable losses Absolutely. right now for them. And so, I mean, I got nothing to say. There's nothing I can say about LSU after what they did to Florida yesterday. So, you know what, Missouri taking that loss, you hung in there. Uh, again, Georgia is what Georgia is. But, yeah, Missouri's going to be – they're going to be a force to be reckoned with if Drinkwitz keeps doing what he's doing. If they keep Schrader healthy and upright, they continue the game plan. And and we already we already know that Florida's defensive coordinator defense is lackluster. Yeah. I mean, it, I I don't know about you guys. I expect to see Schrader do again next yeah. week exactly what he's done every game this season. Yep. Absolutely. Why not? I mean, if he put a hundred yards up on Georgia, I can't imagine what he's going to do to our fucking defense. Oh my god! Yeah, right. I mean, in South Carolina, I just I mean, I stayed up to like two or three in the morning watching that game. Battle of the Columbia's, and I just kept going. Why can nobody mark this kid? Right. Double team his ass. I don't care if you beat us another way. Don't be. And, and frankly, it's a sign of the fact they're that good of a team. It's yeah. so you know what they're going to do, and they still do it anyway. It's right. Stop me. Uh, so good for you, Missouri. Uh, I'd be interested to see what you do at the rest of the season, and you know what does next year hold for you? I don't know, but uh, I'm not looking for. I don't even know if we play you with the new format. I'm hoping we don't. I hope not. <laughs> but we'll find out. All right, let's move on to our last game. Auburn at Arkansas. Uh, we split this one. Woo! 
Mac and I went to Arkansas. Grinch and Haas went Auburn. I know we didn't talk about that. Tennessee, Missouri, we split. Uh, myself and Haas went Tennessee. Grinch and Mac went Missouri. They won that game. And then Arkansas, Auburn, Mac and I, we split that. And obviously Haas and Grinch took Auburn. Wait, is somebody perfect on the week? Yeah, was, uh, was, uh, I'm just wondering. I'm looking. Yeah, hey, uh, Haas, Haas has got six wins. No, that's Haas. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know what the fuck Arkansas was doing, but Auburn just – I mean, we blinked, and it was 14 nothing. Yeah. And then we blinked again. I think 21-3. It was yeah. like, what the yeah. fuck is going on here? And Auburn just ran away just with relaxed. it. Yeah. Sam Pittman's going to be out of a job here pretty soon, yeah, these too, are I'm afraid. All season, we've been like, well, who are, who are they? they? What are they doing? And, uh, yeah, Hugh Freeze with Auburn clearly had him humming yesterday, unfortunately. Uh, so yeah, forty-eight ten. Auburn gets the win there. I- I'm not sure what that does for their season, but I mean, I'll just say I think that was more about Auburn showing up and showing out than it was Arkansas struggling. Because yeah, uh, you know, and you know, and I've I've heard the the comments of like you need to get after Freeze while you can because he's a good coach. You know, past transgressions aside, aside which you know <laughs> I don't really fucking care about it. He's still a good coach, and if he can start getting it dialed in, they're going to be a team that you, any given Saturday, you're like, damn it, are they going to pull some weird shit? Now, I don't think it's quite on the scale of the Gus Malzahn era right. or the right. Dean Chizik era of just what, you know, but it may be more reliable and dependent. Well, we're not denying his football acumen. Obviously, his off-the-field shit causes him issues, but, you know, where – Unfortunately, next week, Auburn will play another game, and who the fuck knows what will happen. And then the week after that, they'll play another game, and who knows? That's the problem with them. They're not consistent. They're doing the same thing that Florida is doing, South Carolina is doing, uh, Arkansas is done. They're just – they don't – Texas A&M, they don't seem to have an identity right now. And so – Scratch and claw to find something to hold on to and carry from one season right. to the next – I mean, look, Carolina's outperformed the previous two seasons, and you felt good about that. And then you get decimated this year, and you start to question everything. You go, why? Now, again, you guys have had a shit ton of injuries. Yeah. You know, like you said, people jumping shit. Tough, tough schedule. Yeah. No no real offensive line continuity at all this season. Right. Uh, yeah. It, but, again, yes, the, the point is still the point, which is there's a bunch of teams – they're scratching and clawing to find out who their identity is and hold on to it for dear life when things are working well. I, I will say from the outside looking in, the, the Carolina alumni, and I don't think otherwise when I make this statement, should be very appreciative of Spencer Rattler. He has comported himself professionally. He said all the right things. He's worked his ass off every game, every week. And added a lot of value, I think, for what he can be going into the NFL. And I, I wish that young man well because I, I, he's a competitor through and through. He has kept them and won games that maybe they shouldn't have. Agreed. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know that I can point to another team who dealt more, with more injuries in South Carolina. And I think it's a shame that he won't get to be the quarterback he could have been. And talked about and the legacy he could have had yeah. because of the unfortunate situations and yeah. And if he goes on to the next level and that's what the the ROI is in terms of him as a person, I I, I hope that's the case. I really do. Give the man weapons, he'll be dangerous. I agree. Thank you, Wilson. Yeah, yeah. I think he'll be like a Mahomes. I think yeah. we even said that. I think he'll be like a Mahomes if he gets into the NFL. All right. Well, there we go. There's the week that was. Unfortunately. Mm, it didn't pan out as well for myself and Mac as we would have liked, but Grinch does go undefeated for the weekend. So our current standings, Mac is now in the outright lead with 79 wins. I'm in second place with 78. Uh, Grinch managed to leapfrog because of Haas's unfortunate errors in his choices. <laughs> so Grinch has got 75 and Haas is in the caboose position with 73 wins. So Haas is currently six wins out of first place. So, I, I mean, that's a lot of ground to make up in a very short amount of time. I got two weeks, baby. Well, you also – you got a couple playoffs. other games. You got the playoffs. That's it. So, uh, let's go ahead and get into the week that will be. Uh, so, this one is, again, this is one of those weird weeks, right, because you have a lot of non-SEC versus SEC matchups. So, it's going to be hard to make some off picks, unless somebody wants to take Abilene Christian. I mean, bro. 
Maybe I, I really thought I really yeah. This last week was really the, the week to take shots. It was uh, Florida International. I mean that. I mean Florida International, Arkansas. I may go Florida International there. It's hard to say. But all right, Max. So you're going to roll first, brother. All right, let's do this. Go ahead. <laughs> it's so impossibly black. No, 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 no. no. Really good at getting head. Uh, <laughs> all right, brother. So let's go ahead and start out of the gate. Georgia, Tennessee. So I, I won't say this could have been a big matchup, but Tennessee got in their own way and made sure that it wasn't the matchup maybe people had hoped for at this point uh, in the season. But it uh, but it is yeah, yeah it Georgia. Is so I mean, how do you pick? How do you? I mean, again, Georgia yeah. At this point, uh, Georgia State LSU. Uh, can I get the line on that one? Yeah, yeah. I can tell you right now, if LSU doesn't put up seven hundred and one points of offense against Georgia State, I'm going to be fucking furious with Florida. <laughs> I mean, uh, LSU. Okay, Florida International versus Arkansas. Oh, I'm sorry, um, I Ole Miss. It. By the way, LSU's favored by 31. 31. Ole Miss. That's it. UL Monroe. Arkansas. Uh, Ole Miss. Yeah, Florida International. Uh, Arkansas. New Mexico State, Auburn. Auburn. Florida, Missouri. Missouri. Go with your heart. Kentucky, South Carolina. (laughs) This is one. This is one. I would actually, I I joked about it earlier. I would like to know the line on this one. Who? For who? Fuck. Uh, Kentucky, Kentucky in Williams, Bryce. Is this what time is this? Is it a day game, night game? Do we know? Seven thirty. I'm gonna take South Carolina. Okay. Chattanooga, Alabama. Alabama. Abilene Christian, <laughs> Texas A&M. That was my cock. Uh, Texas A&M. <laughs> that was my cock. Southern Miss versus Miss State. Uh, Miss State. What's the line on that? Fourteen. Okay. Yeah. All right, brother. There you are. Use be locked in. So it is to me. Now, the limiting factors in the week, unfortunately. I mean, I'm I'm gonna go Kentucky here. Because there is not another pick on this board that you can make and gain ground. I don't see any other game here. Yeah, that's it's, gonna be the it's only one. questionable. That that's the only one that could really go either way. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see another way for that to go. So I, I'm going to go Kentucky there. I mean, obviously last week you played Alabama. I get that. I mean, it's Alabama. I'm, okay, look, I'm back on South Carolina. But again, I got to take my shot to at least tie it back up because I'm winning a tiebreak league handily over you by four or five games now. So. I'm going Kentucky there. Uh, all right, Grinchy Poo. It is to you, brother. Do you want to do anything different? I'm going with the same picks Mac made. I think Spencer is going to get Kentucky or Kentucky, South Carolina fired up to make that bowl game. Okay. Uh, and that's another reason I'm going Kentucky because I, I can't make the argument that you aren't going to make a bowl game and then not stick by. So you can, but that would be very hypocritical of you. It would be. When does that ever stop? Dude? Sandstorm is going to rain that supreme. stadium lit. It will be. <laughs> All right. So you're good with Georgia. LSU. <laughs> Georgia, LSU, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Auburn, Missouri, South Carolina, Alabama, Texas A&M, Miss State. You're good with those. Yep. Okie doke. All right, Haas, you are the caboose. Anything different? Yeah. All right. So, Georgia. Yep. Over Tennessee. Yes, sir. LSU over Georgia State. Yes, sir. Ole Miss over uh, UL Monroe. Yep. I mean, Arkansas looks so bad. I realize it's Florida International. That's what I'm saying. But then they come back the next week and they, they they're going to win fucking forty nine nothing. You, you got to shoot your shot, man. I know. Right. Okay, so fine. Arkansas, <laughs> Auburn. Why you should have been like okay. go for it. So um, Auburn, New Mexico, yeah, State. Florida at Missouri. So it's going to be Missouri. 
Yeah, you're right. The only one really is the Florida Kentucky. I gotta go. I, I don't want to, but I've got to go Kentucky because it gives me a chance to. So this is a head call, not a hard call. Obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because I do believe, Bruh. I do believe. So at this point, you're just trying to be faster than. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm trying to catch Grinchy. Okay, it's like you'll worry about the next phase. rather than pick your own team. Absolutely. That that's a shame. Man, uh, I'm sorry. You you said you wanted Florida over Missouri, brother. No, oh, but my game's not, not even close. Then <laughs> <laughs> shut your fucking mouth. So Georgia, LSU, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Auburn, Missouri, Kentucky, yeah. Alabama, A and M, Mystic. Yeah, I don't have a choice. Here's, here's here's the deal. I'm happy either way, right? Yeah, that's true. I lose. It's a win-win for you. Game further behind. That means South Carolina wins. South Carolina wins. That's if they it. end up shitting the bed and Kentucky wins. I, I finally get a game back on the Hey, hey I get it. Yeah. You sure you don't want Florida International? You debated that one. <laughs> I, I did for the, for the uh, sense of keeping things interesting. There you go. Like All right, so there we go. Liquor and League is locked in. Those games are done. Let's roll over to Biff Pogey and Charlotte. Uh, they took on Memphis. This one was actually a goddamn close game. They went to overtime. Memphis pulls it out 44-38. Mac, uh, you and I have not made a successful call in five consecutive weeks. <laughs> I just, I, and, and I'd be remiss if I didn't point out to our viewers, Mac picked Charlotte to be the games we followed in the off league, and he's in last place. Is so. anybody surprised by that, though? I mean, you're dialed, you're dialed in on liquor and leagues, but clearly the off league is an issue for you. But that's okay. <clears throat> right now, you're winning hands down in the in the primary league. It doesn't matter how this falls. Yeah, Charlotte against food. It is Charlotte against food. Yeah, Rice taking on Charlotte. They're in Charlotte. Uh, is there a line on this guy? I don't even know how Rice is doing. Sorry, I was just checking the fantasy score. I left fifty. You don't need to check the fantasy score. Stop. Yeah, do you see that? Fifty points sitting on his bench. Wow. What do you mean fifty points sitting on his bench? He left fifty points on the bench. He's beating you by like one hundred and twenty points. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. He doesn't need them. Almost (laughs) broken two hundred this week. Right. You, You hey there. You still got four players going, man. You got this. I got the Jets defense, a kicker from Buffalo. Or from Denver and two Buffalo players. I don't have this. Anyway, moving on. Yes. All right. So Charlotte Rice. Can somebody tell me the line on that? I don't know how Rice is doing. Uh, so uh, let's see. The American. Yeah, American. The American League. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wait, Charlotte is Rice. Rice. Um. Rice is a two-point favorite. Two-point favorite away. Look Rice is four and six. Charlotte is three and seven. Okay. Mac, would you like Rice or Charlotte? Give me Charlotte. I'm going to ride this train down. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> way down we go. Yeah. Good song, by the way. I'm going Rice. All right, Grinch, who do you want? Now, you didn't, you know, before you have followed Max lead, you were wrong. And that was a mistake. It was way back in Florida Atlantic. So do you want Charlotte or do you want Rice? Fucking shit show either way. <laughs> Neither's playing for anything. Of course they're not. Rice. It's a point of pride for us. We don't give a fuck. And then Haas, who would you like, bro? I'm going to go Charlotte. Because that's, yeah. that's paid dividends. <laughs> Mac, we've shit to bed five weeks in a row. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. <laughs> I mean, maybe we like shit in the bed, bro. Go down, sw- go down swinging. Hello? All right, there we go. Uh, we split this game. Uh, Grinch and I go Rice. Mac and Haas go Charlotte, and we'll see how the off-league goes. But again, right now, it doesn't matter for you, Mac, because you are currently winning outright by one game. And maybe you hold your lead. Uh, let's see. We've got the games for next week. Let's see. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. 23 games left, gentlemen. You got 23 games to make a decision. Whether or not you can pull it back or not. Mac, it looks like you may win. May. Did you want a picture? Yeah. I think you just switched to auto pick, Mac. I think you're on cruise control. Right, man. This is yeah. living. 
All right. Well, there we go, ladies and gentlemen. Week 11 is done. Week 12 is fast approaching. Liquor and Leagues, unfortunately, is, is going to be drawing to a close. We may be crowning a new winner. We may be crowning another back-to-back -back winner. It's hard to say. few games left. We get to make some decisions and decide. But either way, gentlemen, I love doing this with you week in and week out. This is always fun, even when Florida's getting fucking shellacked by LSU, unfortunately. Um, maybe they make some moves. Maybe they don't. Texas A&M, and it's about time you moved on from dead weight. Even if you got to pay them $80 million to do it, uh, maybe it pays off for you in the end. Either way, it is what it is. So week 11 is done. Week 12 will be here next week. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you as always for following us. Check us out anywhere you get your podcast. I love you guys, and we will do this again next week. Let me two, peace out. Awesome.